let's get right to it. So I'm excited. First of all, uh, do you have your notes? Everybody have a set of notes handy? Get a pen ready. I, I'm gonna encourage you to take a lot of notes because you and the Holy Spirit are learning this material together. And if you take notes, when you walk away from here, you'll have certain things that he has spoken to you that are very specific for you. So you'll wanna take a lot of notes if you can. And, uh, and that's why I provided them for you. So, so a little bit about me. Thank you, Pastor Bob and Pastor Shar. Super excited to be here. And guys, that worship was off the charts. Like, wow, heaven is here. I get, to, I get to step just into this. This is so easy. Some places I go, you know, they've done like three hymns and one chorus and you sort of step up there and you go, okay, let's talk about hearing God's voice now, you know, but this is gonna be fun. I've even got my visual aid for you. All right, well, we'll look at this later. So a uh, little bit about me. Um, my name is Carl Wesley Anderson. I was named after John and Charles Wesley. So I carry a little bit of the, the revival fire spirit everywhere I go, and it's evident in my red hair. Is it still red? Okay, my kids will tell me it's going white, so I've still got some red anyway, but it's just an outflow of the fire of God. We, we have a ministry called Born to Blaze Ministries. Uh, I'm 52 now. I came to the Lord at the age of 20, so that was about 32 years ago, but I can tell you I'm more in love today with Jesus Christ than I was when I met him. Come on. He is so awesome. And he just keeps revealing himself to me in so many ways and just drawing me closer to his love. So I just hope to share some of that with you all today and tonight. And we're gonna just hear from God together in, in unique ways. Uh, now, I was originally trained for filmmaking at USC Film School in Los Angeles. I went out for a summer program. It was really, really exciting. Uh, I, I, my claim to fame is I got to tour Steven Spielberg's Amblin Entertainment on the back lot at Universal. Why? Because I wrote to him every week for six months and said, Steven, I'm coming to work for you. Bring me in for an interview. Finally, he got so, so tired of my persistence. He said, let's get this guy in here for an interview. So, all right. It was fun. He was meeting with George Lucas for lunch, so we didn't do lunch, but I understand. You know, George Lucas, Brother Carl. George Lucas, Brother Carl. Okay, we went with Lucas. All right, I'm not, I'm not offended. But anyway, I, I didn't end up taking a career in filmmaking at the time because I met Jesus and filled with the Spirit. I was filled with the Spirit in the original Anaheim Vineyard under the ministry of Bob Jones and John Paul Jackson. You can't have, come on, right? The, I mean, that's how I got touched. I was like, I was a Lutheran boy. I walk out of that and I'm like speaking in tongues and prophecy is flowing out of me and people are getting healed in the streets of Minneapolis. And I'm like, okay, this is really amazing. I didn't know any of this existed. I was raised, you know, Father, Son, Holy Bible. That's the Trinity. So everything I'm gonna teach you tonight about the Holy Spirit was brand new to me, and it still is. So you can relate, right? This is like, so it's an adventure. It is. Uh, then I, 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 I got married. Basically, the Lord told me, Carl, lay down, born to blaze for a while, find yourself a wife, get yourself married, start a family, and start a wedding film company. Okay, all right, easy. So on a Tuesday, I named my company, by the Spirit, the Lord told me, call it Princess Bride, like the movie. Isn't that a great name for a wedding video company? Any of you Princess Bride fans? Let me see it, okay. Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father, be quiet. 
prepare to die. Okay, they're taking my, they're stealing my thunder. Prepare to die. Okay, so we could do Princess Bride lines back and forth all night. Anyway, I named the company Princess Bride. Then on Friday, I'm on my way into a church, City's Vineyard Church in uh, South Minneapolis, and I'm, I'm scheduled to preach. I'm, com- I'm coming in the building, and I said, I said, Lord, you told me to get married. This is the kind of church I could meet myself a woman. Come on, and I opened the door. That was my prayer. I opened the door, and there's Sarah greeting people that night. Now, we didn't hear any angels, but uh, we were married seven months to the day from that moment, and Sarah's name means God's princess. Come on, you catching this? Amen. So I got my own princess bride, baby. So we ran this company. God gave us favor. We hired six people. We were filming five weddings a day. Our company filmed 1,000 weddings. And then I got sick with cancer. So nine years ago, I was hit really hard right here. It just started on my leg, spread up into my lymph nodes, and became very, very deadly. And I think that summer, exactly nine years ago, uh, my world fell out from under my feet. And I, I was not given a very good prognosis. I was not given much time to live. So what do you do? Well, for me, I just went after the Lord. I just sought the presence of Jesus. And early in that summer, he gave me a verse from Psalm 32, which says, I will meet you face to face. In the Hebrew, it says, I will meet with you face to face. So I didn't expect Jesus was gonna walk in and start talking to me, even though he can do that. It is way number 20 uh, in the 21. But I knew that he would make it very clear to me which way to go. I was offered five treatments. One of them was do nothing. I honestly believe if I had taken that one, I would not be standing here today. Many people with my level of disease that I had are gone within a year if they do nothing. So I knew we had to battle this. The Lord said to me, Carl, the enemy is trying to be aggressive against you. Sickness and disease is not from me, it is from him. You need to battle him as aggressively as he is battling you. So welcome all medicine, I'm just gonna tell you, because God is behind it. Get all the prayer you want and get tons of prayer and fasting and get your hands laid on you and believe God. But if they're offering you medicine and they've made it for your disease, get the medicine. In my case, it saved my life. Now I'm offered four choices and I knew the Lord said, I'll speak to you face to face. So I prayed all that summer. And at the end of the summer, the last weekend before I had to make the final decision, okay, I had eight unique contacts from God or eight ways the Lord took initiative and contacted me to tell me which way to go. So I'll give you some examples. I was standing on the Bible. You know, Exodus 14, I am the Lord that heals you. That's a good verse. I'm standing on that. I had a living verse from Joshua 1, come, come in from the Lord, breathe through the word. We're going to look at that tonight, and I'm going to teach you how to hear the voice of the Lord through the word, through Jesus. And, and I had a vision in prayer, and then I had a dream that weekend where my oncologist appeared to me and showed me which treatment to take. Uh, I had a providential circumstance where I walked into a restaurant very spontaneously, and right in front of me is a groom, and I had filmed his wedding eight years ago, and he's Jewish. And he said, Carl, how are you doing? I said, actually, I'm not doing really good. I've got really serious deadly cancer. And he smiles at me. And I'm like, what? And he goes, survivor. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's right. He was a stage four survivor. There he was alive. He said to me, as a Jewish man, God is gonna speak to you face to face and tell you which way to go. Then I turned on a movie, a Ken Burns documentary, and there's the name of my treatment on an airplane going into war in the movie. That's way 14, media. So if you all have your cards there, everyone pull out your 
quick reference card. It's a little gift that you got in the bulletin. Everyone pull out your bulletin. You should have a quick reference card. There you go. Looks like that. It's got 21 ways on it. Can you see them? If you don't have one, raise your hand. We're going to get some ushers. We'll get them to you. There are 21 ways to recognize God's multifaceted voice. So to finish that story, I knew which way to go. And actually, the Lord led me into the hardest treatment of the ones. And these treatments are serious because in, if you have melanoma, there's something missing in your body's immune system. So it's like the cancer is there, but it's cloaked like a Klingon warship, you know? The cloaking device is on. So your immune system does not recognize the cancer as a threat. It does not kill it. So they give you really powerful drugs called immune therapy. So it's not radiation or chemo, it's immune therapy, and it builds your own immune system to kill the disease. So my first one gave me a fever, and I'd have to take it on a Monday night. I have, I'd have to measure it just so and give, it, give myself a shot in the stomach. First of all, I hate needles, so that was like freaking me out. But I give myself the shot Monday night. Tuesday, I wake up with a fever. The fever goes Wednesday, Thursday, Friday into Saturday. Sunday, I'm exhausted. Monday, I give myself the shot. And I endured 69 weeks of those fevers. So I lost half my weight. I lost half my hair. But you know what I did is I said, Jesus, I love you. Holy Spirit, you are with me. The scripture says, you are my rear guard. You go in front of me in the way I'm gonna worship you. Even if I die, like Job said, even if I die, I'm gonna trust you. And I kept seeking the Lord. Let me just tell you, if you get nothing else from this night, remember this, whatever fire you're in, the fire that is within you is greater. The fire of the Spirit is greater than the fire you are in, meaning whatever you're going through, whatever trial God has set in front of you, the suffering you're going through, the Holy Spirit's power and presence is greater. He will get you through it. You walk with him. He goes before you in the way. He goes behind you in the way. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Believe me, he is with you until the end. He will see you through it. So he saw me through it, and uh, I'm here. Wow, I get to talk to you guys tonight. So what happened? I wrote this book, Love Speaks, 21 Ways. You say, are there really 21? Well, check it out on your cards. Let's go through them. Everyone count with me. They are the established word, the living word, the inner witness of the spirit, the inner voice of the spirit, the desires of the heart, nature and creation. How about providence? Then you get to hearing the word of God preach, which is tonight. You could have friends speaking to you confirmation, visions, dreams, symbolic speech. Symbolic speech, by the way, is the language of visions and dreams, divine appointments from the Father. How about all forms of media? That's like the film I saw where the, the treatments in the film. Then you get to the gifts of the Spirit that deal with hearing the voice. They are the revelatory gifts. They are prophecy, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Angels could appear and speak to you. Jesus himself might appear, or you could hear the Father's audible voice, and that is 21. Thank you very much. I'm here all week, all weekend. So, so there really are 21 ways, and ah, exciting. And I'll tell you in a minute how the Lord led me then to become a media missionary seven years ago this year. But let's go, first of all, to your notes. So if you have your notes, page one. Page one is the introduction, the objectives for the course. We're gonna go through this pretty quickly. I wanna get to the teaching tonight. I'm gonna teach you and impart three of the 21 ways 
to recognize God's multifaceted voice. We're gonna go over three of them. We're gonna talk about the fingerprints of God that, that Pastor Bob had earlier in the first one. That's called providence. That's what that is. Then we're gonna look at Jesus, the living word, and finally how the Holy Spirit speaks from within. So on this page, you'll notice I have there some scriptures. And these are from Jeremiah. Now, if you wanna write this down, a little side note for fun. Just this week in your devotional, if you wanna do a study and just read the word and study it and be you know, amazed, write down Jeremiah chapters 29 through 33. Just write that down. All five of those chapters are filled with promises about the coming age of Messiah. So from 29 all the way to 33, Jeremiah is prophesying to an apostate people who are no longer even worshiping Yahweh. Yahweh's breaking in saying, I love you. I don't, I don't know if you're responding to my love, but I'm gonna tell you, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with love and kindness. That's Jeremiah 31.3. That's where you get the word love. The New Testament equivalent to the word is agape. Now that's a special word. It couldn't, it had to be invented because everyone looked at the love of God to the divine person of Jesus and said, how could he come for us? We are sinners. This is where you get this idea. The word agape means love for the unworthy. So I'll be very clear. If you're here tonight outside of Christ, you need Christ because there's nothing you can do to earn salvation. There's nothing you can do to gain his approval. He while you're yet a sinner, has made appropriation for you by his blood. So he took the initiative to come in the divine person of Jesus. Agape means it's rooted in his holiness, right? So if you think about the Lord, he is fully holy. He is fully holy. He, he, he cannot, in his holiness, join himself to that which is opposing him. Are you with me? So evil and sin and the demonic forces of darkness are all opposing him, so he cannot join himself because he's holy. So enter the person of Jesus Christ who joins these attributes together. He comes in, the, in, the, in, in a body as a human, but he is absolutely also the God-man. He's 100% divine. So in his divinity, he comes and he visits earth and he sets up shop and he begins to push back the darkness and heal the sick and cast out disease and raise the dead. And then he takes your sins and mine upon the cross and then he goes down to hell and he rips Satan's kingdom apart and takes back his authority that he had taken from man. He rises from the dead. He goes to the right hand of the father and forever he is now glorified. That is agape and that is love. Are we having fun yet? We're just getting started. So where do we get the word? Speaks, call to me, and I will, what? Answer you. That's Jeremiah 33, 3. That's a promise for this age. Do you see that? That's a daily thing. Call to me. You know, that was not possible before the coming of Jesus. All the nations of the world are steeped in spiritual darkness. Nobody could call out to God and get an answer. But in the person of Jesus, we have those amazing words in Matthew 11, come to me. So he is a personal God in an impersonal world. And when you call to him, he's gonna answer. Might not be in your time or your way, but he will answer as we'll see tonight. So there's an inward dimension. You're gonna develop fresh intimacy and develop an ongoing dialogue. I love that word. 
with all three members of the Trinity. So there I've outlined for you the Father. How does he speak? Now, this is a mystery. So don't think that Brother Carl has, you know, the corner on the market. Because <laughs> this is a mystery. I believe the Father speaks primarily two ways, externally and indirectly. And we'll find out why in a minute. The Son speaks primarily through his word because he is the eternal word. And the spirit speaks primarily from within. That's the great mystery and joy of walking in the kingdom. You have the spirit in you. So, so what you have to, have to learn is what I'm gonna teach you tonight. There's a dance. There's just a dance where you find out actually, actually he's leading, not you. And as he leads you in the dance, he's leading you into good things. Uh, just to say, I don't have a corner in the market. There, I, I wrote this book, 21 Ways, but at the day that I published the book, it went out on Amazon. I get this package in the mail from a friend of mine, and it's this obscure book from 1975 from this author I've never heard of, some woman, and the title of the book. I get this in the mail the day that I publish the 21 Ways. The title of the book is 101 Ways to Hear the Voice of God. I cannot win. Okay, so obviously there's more than 21. Okay, the born thing, listen, you had a lot of preaching in this, <laughs> in this church on, on identity, right? You know who you are. The opposite was Jason Bourne. Any, any Jason Bourne fans? Right, he wakes up. He doesn't know who he is. He, he's on this boat. All of a sudden he's looking in the mirror and he starts speaking in perfect English and he goes into French and German and Italian. Okay, he's speaking in tongues. He's got the gift. He doesn't have any resources until they discover in his back he's got a little chip and they pull it out and it's a bank account. He goes into the bank and he's got full resources. The, the Lord has resourced him 100% for his whole mission, including his weaponry. He's a $30 million malfunctioning weapon for God. What I want to tell you is you are a $30 million functioning weapon for God. You have his authority. You have his power. You have his name. Go. So Born is like, you know, he, 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 he didn't know who he was, but we know who we are. But what he had was what we call situational awareness or code orange. If any of you are trained in high military uh, offices, you're trained in this thing they call code orange, where you have a heightened sense of awareness. If you're carrying a gun and you go into a McDonald's, you're responsible for everybody in that McDonald's if you're a special forces person. So you're, you're looking at the exits, the entrances. You know, is there anybody there that could be a threat? You're there to protect and help. That's what it means to walk in Love Speaks. You walk in a daily lifestyle of a heightened awareness where you expect today, at this moment, the spirit of the Lord within me is going to be communicating. You have to know how he's going to do it. That's why I gave you that card. It's a gift. Put that in your Bible. Put that on your refrigerator. Look over those 21 ways all the time. Look up the scriptures for them. The more ways you recognize, the more you'll figure out. Not only am I hearing God's voice now, but I've been hearing him. Okay, I want to show two clips now, and we'll have to kill the lights in a minute. Just to set this up, so in the middle of the cancer battle, I've published the book, and I'm crying out to God. Our whole wedding video business, we're making a lot of money. We never, all of our missions around the world, I never asked for a penny because I had more than enough money to pay for my own airfare and everything. I, I've been in 23 countries for the Lord, never raised a penny. I just paid for it because brides, they didn't know it, but they were, they were financing the gospel. Okay. Right. We had a 250 Jewish brides. They all paid for the gospel to go forth. Amen. 
They just didn't realize it. But we're in this really difficult time seven years ago. Our, our business is dwindling. I'm too sick. I can't work it. We have to let all of our staff go. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he said, well, what do you want to do? That's typical of God. He answers your question with a question, right? All throughout scripture. So I'm, I'm pondering, what do I want to do? Sarah gets a word and says, honey, look at our hands. Like Moses chapter four, Exodus, look at your hands. God says to Moses, what's that in your hands? Well, I was holding my Bible in one hand. The Lord said, good, you're going to keep preaching my word. I had this Bible in this hand. In this hand, I see a film camera up here. And I'm checking this thing out. I'm reminded of my years, Spielberg and, and Hollywood and, and filmmaking. And I'm like, okay, well, the setup is I've been telling love stories every week my whole life. Now the Lord says, I've called you as a media missionary. So live as a missionary. In other words, raise a support team and just live by faith as a missionary, but I'm not going to Africa and like living in a, in a hut. I get to live in a house in an Apple Valley and I get to create storytelling and media that will impact the kingdom of God around the world. So I said, Lord, where do I start? He said, start with Love Speaks. So seven years ago, I start this assignment. And I launched by faith. We raised a bunch of money. People got behind the mission. Here, go produce these films. We produced the first seven. He, I, I thought, well, I can make seven films. Easy. I'll make them five minutes, and I'll put them on YouTube. I'll just give them away. And I feel like the Lord was laughing at that moment. He's like, <laughs> whatever. That's your thought, Carl. I want them to be 28 minutes and 40 seconds. I'm like, you want them to be 28? First of all, I thought, how do I make a 28-minute film? I'd never done that before. Okay, why? And God says, I want to put them on TBN. And now I'm laughing. T TBN is the world's largest Christian network. I don't watch TBN. I'm not a fan of most of it. I, li I like some of it. So get this, just, just, because God says to me, I want to put them on TBN because I have a whole audience I want to reach through TBN for you. I'm like, I don't know anybody at TBN. God says, that's okay, I do. <laughs> okay, you know somebody at TBN. So made the first seven, somebody showed them to TBN. TBN says, these are incredible. We want to air these. They work out this deal, it was five years ago. Now, this series I'm going to show you, I have 14 episodes finished in COVID. I've started the last seven last year. I'm now on, this, on, the, on the finish line. I'm about to cross the finish line. In August, we will have created now by this fall, 21 full one-hour length director's cut episodes. That's 21 hours of content to bless the world. This year, they'll be done. And they have so far been seen by about 300 million people around the world. <laughs> So I just give God the glory. I don't know how that happened, but let's watch the, the one-minute trailer. I have DVDs out there. We have them all for you for donation. If you want them, you can walk away with all 14 episodes tonight. Let's watch the trailer, and then I'm going to show you a clip from Lauren Cunningham, the founder of YWAM. I'm Carl Wesley Anderson, a storyteller on a journey through time to discover and recognize the voice of God. This is a collection of virtually untold stories of salvation history, an ongoing narrative where we find that God has been faithful to appear and speak in every generation. And because he's been that faithful, he'll appear and speak to you and I in our own generation. Each film in the series is based on a chapter of my book, Love Speaks, 
and will equip you in a new way to hear God's voice. I also interview modern leaders from around the world to give us their fresh perspectives on hearing the voice of God. Come along with me as we journey together and discover that love speaks. Hey, isn't that fun? I know some of you are IHOP fans. I got my friend Mike Bickles in there. He gave me an hour and 45 minutes without stopping. So I've only got five minutes in the series so far, but he's going to be in the next series. Uh, we're going to watch a clip from Lauren Cunningham here. He's, by the way, Lauren Cunningham's the founder of YWAM. He's currently sick with stage four cancer. So add him to your prayer list. And uh, I've had the honor of interviewing Lauren twice for the series. And this is a clip that goes with our introduction because it talks about relationship with the Lord. Let's play this. This is from the DVDs I have out front. Well, I'm more than thrilled to say I'm here today in Kona, Hawaii on the Big Island with Lauren Cunningham. Lauren, you're the founder of Youth with a Mission, or as it's become beloved in the nation's YWAM. First of all, thank you for joining me for these, uh, for these thoughts and stories. Aloha, Carl. You are welcome. And that's the way we say it here in Hawaii. Aloha. Let me try that. Aloha. Yeah, that's right. And what does aloha mean? It means the sharing of, of the spirit and of breath. Awesome. Let me read you a quote that you give in here and have you comment on this. <sighs> Guidance is first of all a relationship with the guide. Tell me about that. What the Bible is about is relationship. And it's first a relationship with God and secondly, the horizontal with one another or in family or in business or in all categories of society. It's all based on relationships, which is based on the truths of God's, God's word. So when we understand that the, the Bible is about relationships, then when we begin to understand relationship doesn't happen unless there's communication. So communication with God, you're saying, it's based on our relationship. Right? Absolutely. It... And the deeper the relationship, the more clarity there is. And of course, that has to do with maturity in that relationship. So let's boil this down. All Christians, all believers watching th this, this moment, everyone can hear the voice of God. Absolutely. That's your, your, not only your responsibility to receive and, and give back, because he commands us to pray, and we're to pray without ceasing. Well, what does that mean? It means a communion with God constantly. Amen. That's what, amen. Yeah, you can clap. That was amazing, wasn't it? Um, Lauren was incredible. And it, it, it is really about that. It's about, it's about a communion with God. It's about a communion with God. So tonight we're gonna impart a few of these ways. If you enjoy what you hear tonight again, visit our resource table for more. Also, I wanted to let you know, I have, uh, I write a once a month e-letter, see if I can get this open, that, um, and, and you have a sheet in there about the uh, sign up for that if you're interested. I, I, I try not to overdo your, your uh, inbox, so, but I also have this, I'll just pass this around, it probably won't get around the room, but it's just a little sign up. If you'd like to get a once a month devotional from me on hearing the voice of God, you can sign up or find me at the table if this doesn't reach you. But I'll just start this going. And uh, you'll get a free ebook. It's called Hearing the Voice of Our Father. We're going to go right now into way number seven of the 21, which is providence. And that's the Father. So tonight we're going to cover one of the ways 
the ebook that you'll get from the list uh, signing up will give you five ways. Isn't that cool? So let's go to this. On your notes, go right to the next page, Providential Signs and Circumstances. Everybody find that. Let's go right to Providence. This is also the fingerprints of God that Pastor Bob got tonight for the first time. Uh, it, it, we're going to learn the fingerprints of the Father through this message. So very simply, I'll define it for you. Basically, Providence is beautiful. I say to you, the Father speaks primarily two ways. Indirectly, so that means he's not directly speaking to you. It's an indirection, indirectly, and outwardly. You say, why is that? I believe it's because the Father wants you to run after him by faith. So very rarely will you ever hear the audible voice. It's way number 21 for a reason. I go all over the world teaching this. People say, Brother Carl, how many of the 21 have you experienced? I say, 20 of them. Because I've never heard the audible voice. I, I hope I don't, in a sense. Now, if I need to, it means I've really, I need it. That's why, it's, okay? It's very usually direct, to the point, I'm making a film on it. I'm making a film on the final seven ways right now, and that's in there. I flew to Italy to do the story of St. Francis of Assisi. So I was in Assisi, Italy a few weeks ago in this incredible mountain region with the sun set, filming this whole thing of St. Francis, who hears the audible voice, and the audible voice says to him, Francis, rebuild my church. So he misinterprets it, and he starts rebuilding his father's church for like three years. And then he realizes, oh, I wasn't supposed to rebuild a building, I'm supposed to rebuild the kingdom. And then he gives his whole life and incredible fruit. We're still, we still have Franciscan monks today because of his devotion to Christ. Very beautiful story. So the, the most uh, common way that the father leads, I would say, is providentially. Isn't that a beautiful word? Providentially. It means he is already in your tomorrow because he dwells outside of time. So God the Father is already, if this is your tomorrow, he's already here, okay? Pastor Bob, let me just get your help. Come on up here, and okay. Just come and stand and, and face that way and close your eyes, okay. Okay, good. Uh, Bob, Bob, take three steps forward. Three steps forward. Okay, good. Now, now turn around and take two steps the other way. All right. <laughs> you, you weren't supposed to slap him, but that's okay. I mean, the Lord loves you. Okay, you can sit down, give him a hand. The slap was not in my notes, but okay. The father didn't say, now slap your husband but he probably needed it, so it was probably good. That's for something later. You're going to need the slap later tonight. You got it prophetically now. So this is what happens, right? So we're going along by faith, and he's over there going, go this way, go this way. And then he puts people in your place, and you bump into them. And you think, I could have never set that meeting up in a million years, but here's a person for me that God put there, and it's like the father's over there going, yes. Yes, because he set the whole thing up. Are we having fun yet? By the way, I can, I can preach all this till midnight if you want me to. I got nowhere to go. Believe for you that his love is so real. 
right? He has already visited you tomorrow and he is preparing good things for you. Now, I'm not sure on the scriptures. I didn't go over the scriptures with you guys ahead of time, but if you can pull anything up for the board, I'll give you Deuteronomy 1, verse 33. And let me read this for you. If you have your Bibles, turn there. A few scriptures for you about providence. This is my favorite one. It's Deuteronomy 1, verse 33. Now he's recounting. Moses here in Deuteronomy 1 is recounting the ways of the Lord. That's what Deuteronomy is. It's the second, the second law, the second reading. So he's retelling these great stories. And he says there in a previous verse, even as a father carries his son, so the Lord carried you. Isn't that beautiful? It's, it's hidden. The whole Jesus revelation of the father is already back in Deuteronomy chapter 1. And then he gets to this. Now, to set this up for you, if you can imagine there's a supernatural substance that the Lord has created and it is leading them. So they're following the Lord and wherever the the substance goes, they would encamp, okay? So this is the, the description of it in verse 33. The Lord your God, listen to what it says, goes before you on your way to seek out a place for you to encamp. So he's already gone ahead of you in fire by night. That's two things. You can write this down. The fire is warmth and illumination. Isn't that a beautiful word? Illumination and warmth. And then he leads you in his cloud by day. That's the coolness of his love. To show you the way in which you should go. Wow. So let me ask you a question. If you're in a desert, I was in Scottsdale yesterday. It was 105. Okay, people, if you're complaining around here, I was in 105 yesterday. My little Norwegian skin was like shaking. I like, I like run from the sun. Like not even five minutes, I'm gonna turn red. If you're in the desert and it gets cool at night, what would it be really handy to have? A fire. And then you're marching during the day and it's hot and the sun is beaten down, what would it be really handy to have? A cloud to give you shade. That's what he put in front of them. It's fire by night and cloud by day. That's your father. That's providence. And then I I have a little picture there of those wheels within the wheels. I don't have time to teach it, but that's Ezekiel 1. If you want to write that down, read the whole chapter. The wheels within the wheels is this great moment of providence. Ezekiel sees this vision by the river Chabar and he sees these wheels and these creatures. And wherever the spirit of the Lord sent the creatures, the wheels would begin to turn and they were on fire. There were wheels within wheels and they would follow the direction of the Lord. So it was this great way of showing the children of Israel, I am providential, I am on the move in this world. If you don't realize it, your father is on the move for you. He's already gone ahead of you and the wheels and the spirit of God has gone with him. He's preparing something good for your tomorrow. Believe it. My favorite New Testament scripture is from Matthew 10. We're going to show a clip from the master class. I have one more uh, resource to let you know that God had me develop for you. It's a beautiful resource. It's a 26-lesson online master class, and it's available. And I gave you all a discount in, the, in your uh, handouts, or 40% off. It's about a $50 donation with the discount. You can begin it tonight if you want. It's full teaching on all 21 ways and some bonus sessions. And it's, it's great for small groups or individual couples, whatever. I want to show you just the one-minute uh, piece of what it is. And then we're going to play 
the, the little one-minute clip on this, on this scripture, Matthew 10, the providence, and I'm going to quote a little bit of Shakespeare for you. Let's watch that one minute and then the teaching. What if you could recognize God's voice on a continual basis and thus experience his love for you personally? I'm Carl Wesley Anderson, and if you can, welcome to the Love Speaks Masterclass. I'm giving you the opportunity as the viewer to go deeper into understanding both in scripture, it says pursue love, that's good, pursue love, yet earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Salvation history, God has promised that he will regard the man that is of a broken and contrite spirit and trembles at his word. And practical applications, each of the 21 ways to hear God's multifaceted voice. Amen, so that is available. Come and see me later at the table for more information. Let's watch the, the clip on Providence from Matthew 10. Are not two sparrows sold for a cent? And yet, not one of them will be able to fall to the ground apart from your father. Wow, isn't Jesus wonderful? He reveals to us the father. He is the expression of the father, but he also reveals to us the ways of the father. And here he's saying, look, every sparrow that falls is under providence. He knows about every one. Every hair on your head is all numbered. That's a lot of hairs for some of you. <laughs> and for those of you that are bald, He's got every square inch of your scalp numbered or whatever. The idea is not a detail of your life goes by, that your Lord, your Father, is not being your Father and providentially watching out for you. Just a tiny bit of Shakespeare to close out this opening section. I've already done my full Henry V bit, but toward the end of Hamlet, he's, he's with his best friend and he's facing the possibility of a duel to the death by sword and he's in this little library talking to his friend and I just, just love what he says. He says this, the character of Hamlet. There is providence in the fall of a sparrow. If it be not now, it be to come. What was he saying? Shakespeare knew the Bible. He had studied the Tyndale translation. He was a man of the word. And he puts in the character, the mouth of Hamlet, there is providence in the fall of a sparrow. If it be not now, yet it will come. The character is saying, don't weep for me. I'm gonna go ahead with this duel. And whether I die in, a, in the duel or whether I die later, either way, my death is in the hands of the Lord. All of my life and my death is in the hands of a good father. Providence. I love it. Amen. Isn't that it? Come on. Yes. That's the master class. So why not just share a couple of stories from Salvation History? We're going to watch a clip in a minute from one of my heroes, who was David Livingston. But one of the stories I want to tell you is uh, also on, uh, available uh, on the DVDs there. It's a story of a young man named J. Edwin Orr. Now, he was an evangelist in the 1930s, and he became a mentor to Billy Graham. 
and he became a great revival historian, this guy. But as a young man in his 20s, he's starting out in faith. So imagine this kid, he's 22, he's got no money, nothing, and he's in prayer one day. And the father says, Edwin, I want you to go over to England by faith for a year and sow seeds for revival amongst prayer groups. And he says, I don't have any money. And the Lord says, well, what do you have in your pocket right now? I don't know. He looks in his pocket. He's got like $5. So he puts it on the table, and the Lord's like, well, you've got money. What are you, what are you complaining about? Okay, I guess I have money. For a whole year of travel overseas. Yeah, $5. But Lord, I have no transportation. And he says, well, you've got a bicycle, don't you? Yeah. It needs a little work, but I can fix it up. Okay, get going. So he gets on his bicycle, packs a bag, a backpack, gets on his bicycle with his $5, goes to the port by faith. He bumps into a friend, providentially, a good friend of his. He says, what are you doing, Edwin? He says, I'm going over to England and all over the UK for an entire year to sow seeds for revival. And his friend says, great. What are you going to eat tonight? I don't know that. Well, great. Where are you going to stay this evening? I don't know that either. Edwin, either the craziest man that ever lived or a year from now, you're going to write a book from your journals and it will be called 10,000 Miles of Miracles in Britain. Guess what? A year later, he published his book. What was the title? 10,000 Miles of Miracles. So he gets to England. He gets to the port. It starts to rain. The Lord says to him, go to Shrewsbury. So I filmed this in Shrewsbury. You can see it on the film. Shrewsbury, very English title, you know? He says, he says, Lord, I'd really like to reach Shrewsbury without getting wet because it had just started to rain. So he prays, and literally he finishes prayer, and this truck pulls over the side of the road, and the driver says, get in, get in. So he gets in the truck and puts his bicycle, he's all dry, and the truck driver goes, oh, sorry, I, I thought you were, you know, someone else, but since you're in my truck, where are you going? Shrewsbury. Oh, good, I'm going there too, I'll take you. He leads the man to Christ, good way to start, gets to Shrewsbury Dry. Now, he's standing there at midnight in the town center, and I filmed this in the town center at midnight. <laughs> and he doesn't know what he's doing there. He has no money, and he has no place to go and nothing to eat, and all of a sudden, a policeman approaches him. So what are you doing here, you know? Well, I'm an Irishman, I'm an evangelist. Now, I should mention, before he left, he was a good friend of many pastors, so he had had six pastors write a little letter of commendation to let people know that he's legit and he's really anointed and everything. So he has these in his pocket. And this policeman says, how am I to know that you are genuine? So Edwin pulls out randomly one of those six letters, doesn't even look at it, and hands it to the guy. And the policeman opens it up and he starts reading it, and he gets this big smile on his face, and he shakes his hand, and he says, welcome to Shrewsbury. Not only was, was that guy a Christian, the policeman a Christian, but he was a close personal friend of the one man, William Phillips, who had signed that letter. And the guy bought his bed and breakfast for the night. So he shows up with nothing in his full stomach the next day, soft, comfy bed, and his first friend in England is a Christian who's a friend of his friend. Come on, you can't go anywhere on the earth when the Lord has not already gone ahead of you. He puts people in your path. You bump into them and you go, oh my gosh, what are you doing here? Well, what are you doing here? Well, I'm here because, I don't know. What, well, let's just fellowship. 
And the idea is later you, you, you should give praise to the Father. Take time to be thankful the next day in prayer. Take time to thank the Lord because he has providentially gone ahead of you. So I want to get to the next teaching, but I want to finish with one more clip. Now, this is from David Livingston's life. Uh, I, I was so into Braveheart. Uh, I just had become uh, ordained as an evangelist, and, and Braveheart comes out, so believe me, I was pretty pumped up. <laughs> so I got married, and I took Sarah to honeymoon on our Scotland, you know, for, for honeymoon, Scotland. And uh, brave, any Braveheart fans? Come on. Yeah. You've come here to fight as free men, and free men you are. Okay, sorry. Okay, so... I can do the whole freedom speech if you want, but we got to get to the teaching. So anyway, one of the, one of the days we went to uh, David Livingston's birthplace. This is beautiful house in the country, south of Glasgow. And there's this huge iron statue out front of a lion attacking Livingston. Why? Because let me tell you the kind of caliber of man that David Livingston was. His first set of years that he goes to Africa by faith. By the way, how many of you know this was the first real mission to break open the heart of darkness? You can imagine the level of the demonic forces that were opposing him, right? His wife, Mary, contracts a disease when they get to Africa. That disease stays with her the entire five years of the first mission. Now, Mary's father had already been there. Robert Moffat had already been to Africa. And he had spoken in a meeting where Livingston was sitting in the congregation. One of the ways you can hear God's voice is way number nine, other believers speaking confirmation. And for this film, I interviewed Mike Bickle about the story of International House of Prayer because I used him as my modern example to link him to Count Zinzendorf and the 100 year Moravian prayer meeting that went on for 100 years. So the film links the two, and that's available, as I said, out there. So you can hear it. And in that meeting, oh, so powerful. Livingston is just sitting there. He's like 17 years old, and he hears this guy, Robert Moffat, speaking about Africa. And Moffat says this. He said, I went up to a mountain one night to pray, and the haunting specter of the smoke of a thousand tribal villages without Christ burned its way into my heart. And Livingston said, that's it, I gotta go. Goes to Africa. His wife, Mary, who was Moffat's daughter, is sick. He does his mission. <sighs> he fights a lion. A lion tries to take his life. He, that lion grabs him by the shoulder, trying to pull him into the bush. He somehow gets free, but the rest of his life, he is deformed in his shoulder. He walks crooked because of that, and he has to have medicine every single day for the pain. He walks into a tree, becoming blind in one eye. He is emaciated by the sun. He is shrunken in his body, and he still perseveres. He goes back to England to raise funds. He becomes an instant hero. They send him back with Mary. The day that they arrive back on African soil, Mary contracts the same disease for which she had now been better, and she dies three days later. So they are lowering her body into the earth and somebody leans in and he hears Livingston whisper this prayer. Livingston is let, laying his own dead wife's body into the earth in African soil and he says, my Jesus, my King, my God, my all, 
once again, I dedicate my whole self to thee. And now we're going to watch the clip. This is what happens next in the story. He goes back to get his medicine, but he finds it's been stolen. Watch this. It's called Dr. Livingston, I presume? He returns to his hut some miles away and he discovers a horrifying moment. His medicine that he needs because of the deformed shoulder from the lion battle has been stolen. On November 10th, 1871, Livingston gets upon his knees and he prays. And this is what's recorded of his prayer in his journal. Lord, you promised that you would be with me until the end of the age. I need that medicine. He now looks up from his prayer and he sees the first white face he has seen for years in Central Africa. And he hears those now famous words, Dr. Livingston, I presume? Henry M. Stanley arrives with a whole party of men to greet Livingston. And he tells Livingston two things. Number one, I am the world's most swaggering atheist. Don't try to convert me. I have been sent here by American newspapers to capture your story. Oh, and number two, I have in my bag here some medicine that some woman handed me before I left. Here you go. <laughs> okay, talk about a divine intersection or a holy coincidence, Batman. Here is Livingston on his knees crying out for the medicine. Here's Stanley having been sent nine months on a mission or more to get to that point. This woman gives him the medication, probably divinely led by the Spirit. He hands it as God's answer. I tell you what, before he called, God sent the answer. Isn't that Come fantastic? on, give the Lord a praise, right? Think about it, 11 months, nine months before he prays the prayer, the medicine is stolen, the medicine is given to be given to him at that moment. Well, we're just getting started, believe me. We have a lot more to talk about, if we have time. I think we have time. Oh, yes. So, to finish that story, five months later, Henry M. Stanley got on his knees, and he bowed, and he gave his heart to Jesus Christ. The world's biggest swaggering atheist became a follower of Jesus and a missionary the rest of his days. <laughs> And by the way, David Livingston's heart is still in Africa. He died on his knees in prayer. And his two servants said, there's no way we're carrying his body to the ship to England without leaving behind his heart. They cut his heart out and they buried it and it's still there. Okay, let's talk about another way to hear the voice. Are we all still with me? I, I can just keep going. We gotta talk about the living word. It's your next page, okay? This is a very common way. Very, very common way. It's, 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 it's as Jesus illuminates his word for you. Remember we looked at that word earlier, the, the substance in the sky. Part of it was at night, illumination. So I want you to turn there. Turn to your notes and look with me 
at Jesus the living word. So John 1, of course, we know it well. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So he is 100% alive for you. This is a very common way. And I wanna talk to you about this, developing a life of devotional inquiry. You are listening for the fresh, inspirational voice of Jesus through his word. I wanna teach you in this session right now for a few minutes on how to fight with the sword of the spirit. So the key questions you wanna ask, write this down. When you get a living word, what does God mean? Is the first question, what does he mean by this? And the second one is, is God really saying this? You're gonna look for confirmation. I was talking to the Holy Spirit about this a few days ago, and he said, yeah, whenever I speak a word, I confirm it so the person knows that they know that they know that I've given them that verse, and that verse is applicable for them. The living word is just like when the Holy Spirit takes a scripture for you, and as you're studying the word, he breathes upon it. It's like, it's like the fresh breath of the Spirit blows upon a scripture, and it enters your heart, and you know that it's God. How many of you that's ever happened to you before? Let me see your hands all over the room. Do you see how common this is? And you can receive a word from the word, and I wanna challenge you, whatever circumstance you're going through right now, there's a verse for you, for that circumstance. And you have to take the initiative to go after God, go after the spirit, go, go in the word, be in devotion, be seeking Jesus and his presence, and the Holy Spirit will illuminate something beautiful for you. So we get down to that scripture in Romans chapter 10. You've probably heard this preached 100 times. I don't know, but I love Romans chapter 6, verse 10. It's First of all, Paul is talking about the battle that we're in, right? We all know we are in a battle. Your enemy does not like you. He doesn't love you. He hates you. He wants to see you never seeking God. He want, the enemy is whispering to you, oh, don't talk to him. You know... He does not want you talking to God and listening to his voice. And he especially does not want you in the word, studying it and learning it so that you can get a word to fight against him. So you, this is where you must learn to take up the sword of the spirit. It's listed there. I think Paul was probably looking at a Roman soldier. I think he wrote Ephesians from maybe Philippi from the jail. And he's probably sitting there one day and he's looking at this soldier and the Holy Spirit starts talking to him and shows him the armor. So he gives us all this armor in, in uh, Ephesians 6 and then he some of it's defensive and then he gets to the the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. He gives the word. The word there is rhema in the Greek. It's not logos. Logos is what Paul uses to talk about the established word. That's the Bible itself in its established body of truth. That's way number one. How many of you know way number one is important? The Bible is the foundation for every other way. Every other way can be infallible, but the Bible is never going to fail you. It's infallible to the end, and it's inspired by God. So when he gets to the sword, it's, he's speaking of it being a piece of offensive armor, and he uses the word rhema, or the fresh, living, alive, applicable word for you. Why? Because it does battle for you. It's powerful. So nine years ago, I'm suffering, and Sarah and I are in prayer one day. We just had a little devotion. We're in Psalm 27. How many of you know Psalm 27? Verse one, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? 
and it goes on. There are 14 verses in Psalm 27. So we're just going through one by one. We're just in verse one. We start, we keep going. We get to verse 12, and we hear our children screaming bloody murder. So somebody's going to die unless Sarah intervenes. So, by the way, she goes off to stop the children. I like to define successful parenting. All of you parents out there, if you can stop your children from killing one another before the age of 10, you have been a successful parent. So, so off she goes, you know. And I'm like, I'm seeking God. I'm like, Lord, I want to hear your voice today. I, I have something to talk to you about. So I take my Bible, still open to Psalm 27. I haven't looked at verses 13 and 14 yet. I don't know what they say. I take out to my prayer swing a little book. It's, a, it, it's all these verses on, on all these subjects. It's 500 pages full of verses. It's like opening a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. So I've got the Bible promise book. I've got my Psalm 27, and I say, Lord, okay, I want to talk to you. Am I going to live or am I going to die from this disease? I want to know right now. I have three little children. I want to know. So I wait, and I'm going to teach you in a minute on the inner voice. The inner voice says to me, Carl, your answer's on page 81 of your Bible promise book. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I, first of all, I open, I get it, and I'm kind of like trembling. Okay, my answer is on the page. What am I going to read? I've asked the question. So I go to page 81. Page 81 turns out to be the end of a whole section of verses it's only got two verses on the whole page. They are Psalm 27, 13, and 14. So I, I still have my Bible open to Psalm 27. I haven't looked at verse 13. So now I look at it in this book. It says, I would have despaired unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So I get to be with you guys. Now, let me teach you how you fight. You fight the same way that Jesus fought the enemy. So the enemy comes to him after 40 days of fasting. He's obviously weakened in his body. I don't think that Satan appeared to him with a pitchfork and a red cape. I think he comes to him right here, whispering, if you are the son of God, turn those stones into bread, prove it. And what does Jesus say? How does he respond to every temptation? He responds by opening his mouth and speaking three words. What does he say first? It is written. Then he quotes a living verse. In the first three cases, they're all from Deuteronomy. He speaks out first. It is written. I believe when he spoke those words, it was like the sword of the spirit going out into the spirit. And then he quotes the verse. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the living God. And Satan is defeated. It's like whenever you agree with the living word and you say the words, it is written, you speak them into the spirit realm. That enemy flees from your mind. You don't hear those whispers anymore. You can start praising and worshiping the King of Kings. You got to learn to fight with your sword of the Spirit, baby. So many times in four and a half years, he whispered to me. He attacked me. I did not know I was going to make it. And he would say, he would lie to me. And I would have to stand. You know, doing all, sometimes you just have to take your stand. Nobody's around. It's just you and God. That's enough. 
And it, because if you have the living word, you stand, I, I stood against him, he would say, Carl, you're not gonna live next week. I would say, you know what? First of all, shut up, Satan, because you're a liar. Second of all, it is written, I have the word of the Lord on this. I, I, I would have despaired except I would believe, and I believe I will see the goodness and I added healing of the Lord in the land of the living, and I would strike that enemy down, and he would fall before my feet, and I would march on in victory. That's how you fight with the living word. So what are the three possible voices in your head? <laughs> Write them down. Who, who could be talking to you? Right? Who could be talking to you? Three, three, three options. What are they? Yourself. Good. The enemy or the Lord. That's it. Now, most often it's you thinking thoughts. But, uh, again, you have, you, when you have the living word, you know you know his voice, you know those thoughts, and those are, uh, I think that note is probably on your next page on the inner voice, but we're gonna talk about the inner voice now for a few minutes. Can everybody hang with me? Are we still awake? Are you sure? Pastor Bob said it'd go a little bit longer. Okay, I'm good, I got a thumbs up from the pastor so I can go a little bit longer. Let's just go 10 minutes. I'm gonna teach you the inner voice. This is very important that you learn the dance. You learn what is the inner voice of the spirit. What does is, what is God sound like? So I'll define it for you. It's, it's, it's either, it's as the Holy Spirit inhabits your redeemed human spirit and he flows out your mind with either a thought or a flood of thoughts. That's the inner voice. It's, it's known as the still small voice. But it's powerful, right? You've been redeemed. You've, been, you've got a, a new redeemed human spirit. You're born from above. So now the spirit from within you is communicating. And I'll put it this way. Quite often, you are thinking God's thoughts more often than you think you're thinking God's thoughts. So like in, in Acts 8, when the spirit speaks to, to Philip, you know, Jesus had already said, I'm the good shepherd. The sheep, the sheep follow my voice. So by the time we get to Acts now, we're, we're going to see how is the spirit now leading for the first time in history from within? I don't think Philip heard a big voice. Philip, go up and join the chariot. No, he didn't hear a voice thundering from heaven. He heard, a, it was like a spontaneous thought. It was like, oh, I see the chariot. Oh, I'm supposed to go. Oh, I'm going. Good. I'm going. This, the Lord just said, go up and join the chariot. It's the inner voice. So we can have a little fun here. So if I say to you, what does God sound like? What does the God of the universe sound like? Anybody? Amazing. Okay. This, what's your, what's your name, sir? Sorry? Okay, Mark, you got a gold star. Oh, you've already, oh, that... You need to leave this room, Mark. You, you, are, you are dismissed. Okay. <laughs> Did you all hear what he said? Okay, so this is the point in the night where it's getting late, so I'm going to do my Robert De Niro impression. So I'm going to be Bobby. I'm going to be Bobby for just a minute. Now, if Bobby was a Christian, I'm not sure he is. But you never know. So, Bobby, if you're watching this by live stream... We love you. Now, if Bobby was a Christian and he's in prayer, he's like this, right? You're talking to me. Are you talking to me? Hey, 
I said, are you talking to me? I'm praying. Are you talking to me? And the Father's in heaven going, yeah, Bobby, I'm talking to you. Are you talking to me? <laughs> thank you very much. I'm here all weekend. Okay, thank you. Yes, that's my Robert De Niro for you. Okay, God doesn't talk to me like that, but he talks to Bobby De Niro like that. Right? If you're from Ireland, you know, it's, the Irish accent is very simple to do, actually. You just pretend like you're singing a wee song. We've got, in our, in our uh, Bethel group, we've got this wee man named John Ash. He's from Ireland. He's a good friend of mine. I've preached in his church many times. He, he talks like this. Well, the Irishman's are, uh, accent's very easy. So if you're an Irishman, you're in prayer, like, Lord, do you love me? The Lord's like, I, son, of course I love you. I created you. Okay, God doesn't talk to me in an Irish accent, right? But he talks to that guy in an Irish accent. You get the idea. Okay. Are we having fun? I told you you'd have a little bit of fun. Okay, so what I want you to do is learn how to develop an ongoing dialogue with the Lord. Let me perform. I don't have time to do my whole Shakespeare. Maybe I'll do it in the morning. I'll just do a little piece for you because we're running a little late. So I'll do a little piece of Shakespeare. Shakespeare, as, I, as you saw in the video, he, was, he, he had the, 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 the Tyndale translation of the Bible in his hands. He wrote a lot of his uh, things, you know, plays and everything out of that sonnet. But he, he writes this incredible character of Henry V. Henry V is marching into France. The gates are shut. They're battling. He says this, once more to the breach, dear friends, once more. Then close up these walls with our English dead. In peace. There's nothing so becomes a man as modest stillness and humility. But when the blast of war shines in our ears, stiffen the sinews, summon up the blood, imitate the action of the tiger, disguise fair nature with hard-favored rage, then lend the eye a terrible aspect. Thank you. Now, now that's a monologue. That's how I was taught to pray growing up. Monologue. Oh, Father. Let me tell you your titles first because maybe you become insecure. <laughs> Lord of heaven and earth, the God of gods and king of kings and all that. <laughs> father, I am but a worm and not a man. Please, Father, wouldst thou givest me $800 for my mortgage to this, this week? That's all I need. Just $800, Father, please. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. And off, off I go. That's how I was taught to pray. And I think the Father is up in heaven, and every morning he gets up, he gets Jesus awake, and the Holy Spirit, they're all checking this out. Like, let's see what's happening today. And they go, they're checking all you out. You know, they're like, oh, oh, monologue. Oh, Shakespeare, Shakespeare, Shakespeare. <gasps> Dialogue. There's a woman who's waiting on me to speak. I'll talk to that one. To go a step further, how many of you remember the ice cream truck? Come on, growing up as a kid, right? Okay, when my daughter Zoe was eight, when she was eight years old, and the ice cream truck appears in the neighborhood. First of all, you hear the music, all the kids are excited. It's the ice cream truck, woo! So she did not run up to me and grab me by the coat and get on her knees and go, oh, father. <laughs> Lord of the Anderson Manor. Son of Wesson Laurie of Brainard, Minnesota. <laughs> Father to Ethan and Gideon. 
husband to Sarah and me. Oh, father, I am but a worm. Wouldest thou please givest me 50 cents for the ice cream truck? That's all I needest. Father, please, just 50 cents. No, she didn't do that. She came up to me and she grabbed me by the coat and she goes, Daddy, Daddy, 50 cents now, 50 cents now. And I give her the money. Now, what she doesn't know is Providence. I called the ice cream truck company earlier that day, and I already had the 50 cents in my pocket. Before you call, he will answer. And his provision is always perfect. I wish I could teach you all night. We gotta wrap this up. We gotta wrap this up. Does anybody have any questions for me on Providence, the will of the Father for you, the living word, the living verses of scripture, or the inner voice of the spirit. Does anybody have any questions before I bring this to a close? Sorry? Okay, so I'm not sure I understand. What's your question? How do you... Wow, that happens to me every day. My wife will tell you. <laughs> you know, it, you know I, just, I said it earlier that walking with God is a dance. So you just, I, I would say, first of all, there is a battle in your head. It's real. It's there every day. Just because you're tired doesn't mean the enemy's going to stop. In fact, when you're tired, he'll hit you even more. So you have to learn how to battle. That's why I teach you, like you battle, you battle specifically when you have a living word scripture that becomes the sword, or you battle specifically when you, when you stand in agreement with the word, you have other people pray for you, you just keep on going and listen. The, the word will never contradict itself. So if you're struggling, go to this. Because the Bible is eternal truth. So if you think you're hearing one thing, but you're not sure if it's contradictory, if it contradicts this, get rid of it. It wasn't you. It was probably the enemy. Because it's always going to line up with the word. That's why I said in one of your notes there, avoid mystical delusion by conforming to the truth. There's two ditches. You got the ditch over here. These are some of my favorite people. I love these people. I'm not one of them, but I hang with them. And they're, they're like floating in the air all the time. <laughs> Brother, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm just floating with the cherubs today. I haven't read my Bible for two years, but that's okay. I'm with the cherubs. I would just be like, Brother, come on down and read the word today. <laughs> I love those peeps. I hang with them. Then there's the peeps over here that I grew up with that say, God stopped speaking 2,000 years ago. The Bible is the only way. No, listen, brother, start learning the other 20 ways. So there's a, there's a balance between word and spirit. Learn to walk in that balance. And then you have the community of believers around you. It's one of the ways I quote Dietrich Bonhoeffer in my film. 
on other believers speaking confirmation. You guys are part of an awesome fellowship here. You have people that love you. You're in small groups. Stay in those groups. Get prayer for things. Work it out. Try to follow the Lord as best you can. Get support and just keep going by faith. Thank you, Pastor Char. All right. So let's all stand to our feet. And I want to pray a prayer of uh, impartation for you that will be kind of a special prayer. And I encourage you to receive this prayer if we have the worship team or maybe someone um, with a keyboard or something could could come and uh, join me, that'd be great. We're gonna pray a prayer of impartation. If you would like prayer for specifically anything you heard tonight and you just want to have someone pray with you, I'm sure we have prayer team available. They'll come up here as well, prayer team. Just a few of you can come up here and be ready if people wanna come. But I want to just pray a prayer of impartation for you tonight. We went a little bit long, but we're doing pretty good. All right. So just raise your hands with me to the Father. Hallelujah. So, Father, I just want to speak right now a prayer of impartation to each person that's here or watching by a live stream. In the name of Jesus, I just release the providence of the Father in your life. I release fresh providential moments where your father has already gone ahead of you and you will walk forward into those paths and praise him. I release those providential moments for this week in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For each person, each of you now, I release fresh rhema words of scripture, the living word to come to life for you in Jesus' name. As fresh bread, as fresh manna from heaven, may it come to life. May you eat of the bread of life this week and receive fresh rhema scriptures and battle on with your sword of the Spirit. And finally, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I speak a fresh release of the impartation of the Holy Spirit, the active, living voice of the Spirit from within you, flowing out your mind. He sounds like you. I just pray for a fresh tuning of your thoughts that you would experience the peace and the joy of the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you this very week and leads you on your way and brings you comfort. And I bless each of you now tonight in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit and release his grace upon your life. In Jesus' name.